0: Where are Neil Armstrong's moon boots today? And what company has had a single customer for 637 years? <laughs> well, and, that's, <laughs> answers, that's good service. <laughs> that is. Answers to those and other questions coming up in this episode of The Off Ramp with Bob.
1: And Marcia, give me that 1 800 number. Smith. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Off-Ramp, a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, and take a side road to sanity. Well, two great opening questions today, Marcia. Yours first.
1: Bob, a one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, right? Right. That's Neil Armstrong putting his big foot right down there on the moon. So whatever happened to those moon boots?
0: I assumed they were at Cape Kennedy with the, uh, I think that there, or the Smithsonian, where you can see Neil Armstrong's suit that he wore up there.
1: Yeah. But they're
0: not there, huh?
1: Well, I didn't say they weren't. Okay, where are they? The moon. What? (laughs) They're still on the moon? Why did they leave the boots on the moon? They they did. They were too heavy, Bob, too big and heavy. Uh, GE made these, but they were too much to take back, and so they just uh, put their little boots out on the moon and left them there.
0: Well, he knew they left a lot of things there because they came back with... uh, Forty or fifty pounds of rock, so they needed it.
1: (laughs) In lieu of boots, but were they in their
0: stocking feet? I mean
1: Well, they were big boots that covered their spaceship shoes. They were galoshes? (laughs) Is (laughs) that what you're telling me? Yeah. Big hefty it cost more than Jimmy Chews, I'll tell you that. So that's where they are. Yeah, and not to mention, I imagine contamination had something to do with it.
0: They were in quarantine for like 21 days, but they came back with the space suits they wore. So, yeah. you know, that must not have been a concern. Maybe space dust, but again, they came back with space rocks. So yeah. I guess it was probably weight and weight alone. So yeah. those must have been pretty heavy boots.
1: No, I think so. There are 12 layers of material in those boots, plus a layer of stainless steel.
0: Stainless steel. <laughs> okay, so that was probably because they knew that wouldn't uh, corrode or something. I, I don't know. Well, but... no wonder they had to leave the boots on the moon.
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, What do they call those work boots when you go into factories? Oh,
0: my God, steel yeah. Steel-toed boots. Steel-toed. Yeah. These probably had steel all around yeah. with rubber on top of that. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, now we know why the moon boots were left behind <laughs> on the moon. All right. Marcia, yes. not many companies have had guaranteed business from a single customer, but this one has for 637 years. What does this business do? What kind of service is it in?
1: Good oh, grief! What kind of They've been had around? One customer? Is it still in business? Still today? Still in
0: business with the same customer for 637 years? Oh
1: my God! Are they? Are they? Are they rock makers i don't ro- know what ro- happened what was going on okay 600 well years you're ago? close
0: it's a quarry okay a-, a quarry founded in condolia italy it's a small village in the alps and that's where marble for milan's duomo cathedral was first mined in 1386 and where it continues to be mined for the cathedral to this day really the reason a high-maintenance construction project.
1: Well, (laughs) I guess, how much maintenance does a 637-year-old cathedral require?
0: A ton. (laughs) Well, actually, many tons. It's because the stone was chosen for its unique pink-hued marble. It's a beautiful stone, but the stone's physical and chemical characteristics, which gave it that beautiful color, came with a fatal flaw. The veins in the marble contained traces of ferrous materials, metal, And when they or the iron pins anchoring the stones of the cathedral together oxidize, they expand and they shatter the marble into tiny pieces.
1: Well, switch marbles.
0: Well, unfortunately, the cathedral has 3,400 carved statues and decorative carvings (laughs) on its exterior. Uh, Features exposed to the uh. elements. So replacing those keeps the quarry in business year-round. Now the cathedral's owner, the Catholic Church, they started to realize the problem a year into construction and they formed an association to look after Repair and maintenance. Today, the cathedral is 637 years old.
1: Oh, Lord.
0: The maintenance association is 636 years old. <laughs> And the quarry is still serving the same customer, (laughs) providing continuous employment for the village of Condolia, a population of 200 for seven centuries.
1: So it's like it had a one-year warranty, right? Like the washer and dryer. And then after that, okay, you got, here's your maintenance plan. This is really (laughs)
0: the original art installation, Marcia. Oh, my
1: God. So how expensive is this?
0: Well, the cathedral is wired today with high-tech sensors. And that's just like a constant digital metrics. It's like a continuously running electrocardiogram. Twice a year, it gets a physical checkup from specialized workers. (laughs) They swing from cranes and inspect for fractures and fissures. And the quarry cuts stones and stores blocks of stone, and it maintains two marble restoration laboratories, one at the quarry, one in Milan. They're busy year-round.
1: How do they pay for it all, Bob?
0: Well, they they have this association, but over the years, the cathedral has decided to... uh, taken the uh, businesses nearby and offered them an adopt-the-statue program. (laughs) It's true. Companies can finance the restoration of one of the cathedral's thousands of statues. In exchange, they get to show off the statue at corporate headquarters for three years. Oh,
1: for God's sakes. Should Ramp get one of those? Yeah, I don't know if we
0: can afford that.
1: Okay. But well, can't modern technology help some of this?
0: Well, they do uh, pre-work the stones with modern machines, but they say that uh, special training is still necessary because they're replacing the work of long dead sculptors. The human hand is still essential," said That's good one know. official. Yeah. Well, some of those human hands have added modern touches over the years to the cathedral. Carved images of Abraham Lincoln <laughs> <laughs> and boxer Primo Canara are known to be hiding that's, among statues hundreds of feet above the ground. Oh, that's
1: hilarious, isn't it? Oh.
0: Just so you know, it's been officially completed since 1965. Six. It took 579 years to complete. But the maintenance goes on.
1: I, I still can't believe they only didn't need the maintenance requirement after, you know, for one year, the first year <laughs> and after that. Nope. Here's, your, here's your policy for the next 637 years.
0: Yes, the Condolia Quarry, still in business, taking care of this cathedral. Right. That comes from a New York Times article Milan's Duomo, a high maintenance icon for 637 years. It was published in the New York Times in February 2023. Great story.
1: Okay, Bob. Did you know that uh, back in the Victorian days, they wore high heels?
0: Well, I knew they wore high heels years ago. I think in in Louis XIV's time, they had yeah, high heels. Yeah, they
1: go way back. But in Victorian times, how tall do you think the heels got?
0: Well, a lot of things got exaggerated in the Victorian they times. They did,
1: didn't they? Yeah. Hair, remember the hairdos and all that? Yeah. Piled high to the sky? I
0: would assume that there were some pretty tall uh, stiletto kind of heels back then. So I'll take, I'll say three-inch heels.
1: Well, <laughs> but, <laughs> Bob... What? You know what a high heel, like on the Academy Awards, what those women are wearing? They're six-inch stilettos. But back in the uh, Victorian days, 20 inches.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And six inches is ridiculous. 20 inches? Yeah. Do You have to get a ladder to get to somebody well, that, to kiss them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who you be kissing, Bob? Well,
0: the woman with the 20-inch <laughs> heels. Holy cow.
1: In the 16th century, way before then, aristocratic women began to wear shoes that were extremely high-heeled. The heels on some of these shoes were so high, the women needed servants to help them walk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. How
1: stupid is stupid?
0: Well, that's stupid, all right. Yes.
1: After this, stilt-like shoes were invented and became the rave in Venice. So <laughs> prostitutes wore these shoes and the height of the heels became so ridiculous that a law was enforced limiting the size of heels on women's shoes. In Venice? Yeah. Wow. Women would actually fall to their death on some off oh of their Oh, <laughs> my God.
0: Deadly. <laughs> Deadly. Deadly. high heels. they just
1: fall off. And men had heels, too, as you know, from Louis the, what, 14th and yes, all that? Yes, I think,
0: Louis the 14th. And, uh,
1: yeah, he was short, and so he kind of invented heels for men. The higher the heel, the more noble you were and well-heeled you were, right?
0: Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. so
1: that's the story of death, death by the stiletto.
0: High- <laughs> death by high heels, holy <laughs> uh-huh. cow. All right, Marsha, you might know that almost every state has a state song. We have state birds, state cars, state all kinds of other state things. State guns, I just learned recently. There's now state guns. What state has the most official state songs? Well, you can choose from one of these. Tennessee, Kentucky, Michigan, Texas, or California? Texas. Texas. No, not Texas. One of the other states. <laughs> Tennessee, Kentucky, Michigan. I'll say Kentucky. Nope, nope. one of the other states. Okay. <laughs> Tell me. There are numerous states with more than one state song, mm-hmm. but Tennessee takes it to another level. They have 10 state songs. Ten, Tennessee.
1: Tennessee has ten Well,
0: Maybe not surprising, considering (laughs) the state's capital of Nashville is Music City, USA. But the ten official state songs of Tennessee include Uh these. My Homeland, Tennessee, Uh When It's Iris Time in Tennessee, Uh My Tennessee, The Tennessee Waltz, Rocky Top. Those are the only two I know Uh of on this list. The Pride of Tennessee, Tennessee, A Tennessee Bicentennial Rap. Smoky Mountain Rain, and another name Tennessee from 2012. We mentioned the Bicentennial Rap. Tennessee is the only state with a rap song as one of its official state songs. It's the Tennessee Bicentennial Rap, 1796 to 1996.
1: Well, you know what we have here, Bob? It's a failure to focus for these people.
0: (laughs) I guess so. Good
1: Lord. All right. Last shoe question, okay? All right. (laughs) Don't ask me how I started going down shoe land, but... What happened, Bob, to shoes in 1818?
0: What happened to shoes in 1818?
1: Yes, something happened.
0: That's when they had the first rubber heel, a a rubber sole.
1: (laughs) That was the Beatles, honey.
0: Oh, there was a rubber sole, was the (laughs) Okay, what's the answer?
1: The right shoe was invented. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) Until that time, there was no... Distinction between left shoes and right shoes.
0: So there was a, only a right shoe invented? There was a right shoe and then the other shoe? I mean, didn't they, they have a left no, shoe too?
1: There were two left shoes, two left feet. Oh, uh, dear. And then someone said, you know, feet kind of curved two the different other ways. The direction, no yeah. kidding. And the first pair of right and left footed shoes were made in Philadelphia. Obviously, shoes weren't made for comfort up to this point. Holy I guess.
0: cow! They were just like nondescript shoes you put your feet yeah, in before that.
1: Yeah, just straight ahead, I guess. Boy,
0: aren't we lucky today? Huh? <laughs> yes. huh? That's amazing. Okay, another fact about the United States. What city is known as the Venice of the United States? I'll give you clues, okay? As I always do. Oh,
1: I, is it in Florida?
0: I'm not telling you. I'm telling you these cities, and you tell me which one. Okay. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Boise, Idaho, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, or St. Louis, Missouri. What? Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Yes, (laughs) you can say it better than that. Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale. (laughs) yes. That's right. It's the Venice of America because much like its Italian counterpart, Fort Lauderdale has an extensive canal system. You remember we saw that when we were driving through. Yeah. More than 300 miles of inland waterways in the greater metro area. That's amazing. And a popular way for tourists and locals to get around is via water taxi on the city's many canals. And you can even have a full Venetian experience by hopping aboard an authentic Venetian gondola on the new river.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, like we go to Marco Island, they have lots of back waterways there too, right? Right, that's right. Everybody has a boat and pops out.
0: It's a great, uh, unique distinction to have. It
1: is. It's like an alley. the houses up here, only they have a canal in the back and a boat.
0: Well, those houses <laughs> don't look like they're on an alley, though. No. <laughs> uh, they're pretty nice houses. No, I
1: meant that. All right. What is the only state, Bob, without resident snakes?
0: What do you mean, resident snakes? Meaning
1: that there is no natural snakes. Some people bring in snakes, so uh, okay. they don't reside there But naturally. there's no
0: resident snakes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. What state is the only state without snakes of their own? Before?
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to take a uh, guess here, and I'm going to say it's one of two states. It's either Alaska, because it's way up there, maybe too far north for snakes. Uh-huh. I don't know. Or it's Hawaii, because it's an island.
1: Ah, well, you were right about Alaska. It's yeah. Alaska. Yeah, because of the environment. Snakes don't like it. They don't like the cold climate and long stretches of darkness. Too inhospitable for them. Huh. Hawaii's snakes are all invasive. Texas, on the other hand, is home to 105 Different kinds of snakes. Oh, my God,
0: 105.
1: There are some countries that don't have snakes, like Ireland. Don't you find that odd? Isn't there some uh, popular legend about driving serpents from the island? Well,
0: I think that's the idea, was that St. Uh, Patrick drove the snakes yeah, from Ireland. but there were no, and, It was a miracle. Oh, see? I see. Oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and other snakeless countries, it's only Ireland, New Zealand, Iceland, Greenland, and Antarctica. And
0: they're all islands or a very remote place. Their
1: environments just aren't conducive to the slimy, slithering sweethearts.
0: Ooh, the sweethearts. <laughs> I don't think of them that way. no I, Snakes, I was
1: trying to rhyme something with slimy and slithering.
0: Okay, Marcia, uh, this is a Broadway question, okay? Oh, okay? What Broadway show has created more jobs and generated more income than any other in uh, Broadway history?
1: Well, I'll have to go with uh, some of the big ones, so, the longest that ever ran wasn't that big of a production, which was, uh, you know. Fantastics or it, something like that? It was. The, you knew that. I'm yeah, surprised. That's it, not it, though. I know that. That's why I said it was too small. I'll okay. have to say something like
0: Phantom. Phantom, that's it. Phantom, which is just about ready to conclude its 35-year run. When that started, people were pretty optimistic. They said, you know, this could run five or seven years, you know, but uh-huh. it's been 35 years. Has
1: it really? It's Good
0: Lord. created more jobs and more income than any other show in Broadway history, yeah. according to uh, Michael Borowski, its press representative.
1: Lots of people involved in that show.
0: And a lot of musicians have stayed with it from the beginning. They've been there in the orchestra from the 80s. So they were they were like just out of college, and now they're ready to retire. It's amazing.
1: Oh, really? So they spent their whole, uh, whole career be, uh, have one big good gig? Oh, uh, yeah. Very
0: unusual for musicians to have that kind of, of stable life, you know.
1: Yeah, because it's a very unstable life. That's like, what's his name, in Johnny Carson show, the band leader. He and his band spent their whole careers Yeah, Johnny Carson.
0: Before and, getting hired by Phantom, many musicians that were in the orchestra there juggled jobs. Peter Wright, the French horn player, made fur coats in the garment district, tended bar and sold vacuum cleaners wow. <laughs> before he joined that orchestra in 1987. He's 63 now. The musicians said they won't miss some aspects of the show, like the pit where they have to be. They sit so close to one another, if one of them opens a candy bar, the rest can smell it.
1: Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, You'd think they'd have a bigger pit in well, New
0: York. apparently a lot of shows now have the orchestra off in another room yeah. all microphoned okay. and then the music comes out live but you never get to see the musicians yeah. but at least you could look down into the pit yeah. and you could you could tell you could sense there's an orchestra yeah. down there when yeah. you see a show like well, that
1: remember the Oscars?
0: that's exactly first, what we saw
1: first time I ever saw that I thought that was orchestra. strange too I said
0: why is the orchestra around the corner then? yeah <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't make sense yeah they took a, a shot and showed that uh huh okay Bob I have a question about Swiss cheese Marcia Okay, doke know, we call it Swiss cheese, right? What do the Swiss call Swiss (laughs) cheese?
1: American cheese.
0: No, here are the choices. Okay. Gouda, Uh Camembert, Mm -hmm. Emmental, or Roquefort.
1: What's that third one? Amento? Uh Uh-huh. I never heard of that. I'll say that.
0: That's it. (laughs) That's right. There are several varieties of Swiss cheese, but the primary one with holes is Emmental. That's E-M-M-E-N-T-A-L. It's got a couple of pronunciations. Okay. Sounds good to me. It's known as that, though. And it was first mentioned in written records in 1293, but was called by its present name in 1542. And that's made up in the mountains In the summer, and then it's transported in the winter when the cows come down into the valleys. Swiss cheese is called Emmental.
1: In Switzerland. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. Time for a break.
0: We'll be back in just a moment. We'll take a cheese break right now.
1: (laughs) Not a bad idea.
0: You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob. And Marsha. Smith. Da, da. Okay, we're back. You're listening to The Off Ramp with Bob and Marcia Smith. We do this for the Cedarburg Public Library, Cedarburg, Wisconsin, every week. And then it goes out on their uh, internet radio station and on podcast platforms around the world. Around the world. Marcia, what state? is the artichoke, capital of the nation. This is one of your latest- California. Yes, you love artichokes, (laughs) don't you? I do, California. here are the choices, Marcia. Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) The choices were Oregon, California, Arkansas, or South Carolina. But more than 99% of commercially grown artichokes come from California, and that's the state vegetable.
1: Is it really? It's the official
0: state um, vegetable of California. And they're beautiful.
1: Last week we were there in Los Angeles and I saw artichokes as big as my head.
0: <laughs> they were huge. Yes. Well, there's one town in particular that's proclaimed itself the artichoke capital of the world. It's Castroville, <laughs> which is 19 miles northeast of Monterey. It's home of one of the largest artichoke producers. Did you know that the town is the home of a 20-foot tall artichoke statue? <laughs> That's where you need to go, Marsh. This is a big place for you.
1: If it has a museum, you're in, right? Well, they have an artichoke, artichoke festival. Is... Oh, okay.
0: An artichoke festival's been uh, there for more than a half a century. Wow. Two-day event. Oh, they yeah. have the crowning of the artichoke queen and king.
1: <laughs> as exciting as that sounds. Guess
0: who the 1948 first artichoke queen was?
1: 1948? Yeah. Is this a person I have heard of? Yes, it is. The uh, first I was, must have been... Uh, like a Hollywood celebrity, right? Yes. And it was, I'll say, uh, Scarlett O'Hara. What's her name? Mm, uh, Vivian. Uh, Vivian
0: Leigh. Yeah. Yes, it wasn't. <laughs> Who, who taught me, sir. Who might it be? Somebody who I became a movie star shortly after this. Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe was the first artichoke queen. Oh, I guess queen. right.
1: I was going to say her first, but I thought she was too young for oh, that. Oh, so
0: that's the reason you said the wrong answer first? Yes. Oh, well, I don't give you credit for that, Marsh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: All right, Jeez. okay, my turn for a change. Huh? Okay, okay, Bob, are you more likely to be killed by a cow or a shark or me? No,
0: <laughs> I think you would be the person that would probably kill me first.
1: That's right. But uh, secondly, but a I cow or let a shark? Me, let me
0: think about that. A mm. cow or a shark? Uh, I would think that the proximity to cows is. More likely than proximity to, to sharks. Okay. So I'm going to say, when I live in Wisconsin,
1: <laughs> a <laughs> cow,
0: Marsha. Yeah, that's is right. Is that
1: right? That's absolutely right. But is
0: that right for everybody that you're more they, likely to kill by a cow?
1: Yeah. Suffering a shark attack and dying is practically nil.
0: The chances of that, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Like in 2022, out of the 32 provoked shark attacks, only one was fatal
0: really okay yeah,
1: yeah so it's it's pretty rare other animals are much more likely to kill you including cows which kill an average of 20 Americans a year. Wow, so that's like one to twenty
0: and that's more than sharks kill a year
1: uh, yeah like last year it was one. One person. One
0: person died from a shark attack, but 20 people were killed by cows. Yeah. We should outlaw these animals. <laughs> What's wrong with us?
1: Well, and then hornets, bees, and wasps, your favorite. Oh, gosh. They kill about 48 people a year. Okay. And dogs, around 19 people a year.
0: And we know mosquitoes kill a lot of people because of the diseases oh, the diseases. They
1: carry. That's correct. But- okay.
0: <laughs> well, it's so much fun to think about these things.
1: <laughs> Well, right. it's, you don't have to be so afraid of, you know, you might lose a limb, but you won't necessarily die if you rub up against a
0: shark. Okay, well, I'll keep that in mind, okay. Marsh. all right. Meantime, I'm not going in the water. All right. <laughs> all right, Marcia, we're still getting research out of the COVID pandemic of uh, 2020. And guess what? It turns out the world was quieter in 2020. So how much quieter?
1: In noise pollution?
0: Yeah, in percentage. Percentage of sound, how much quieter was it in 2020? During COVID? Yeah, because because people
1: weren't working. We weren't traveling.
0: People weren't going by jet everywhere.
1: I get it. That makes sense. I will say 14%.
0: Well, it's a lot more than that. The New York Times reports that data in 2020 provided by amateur and professional seismologists showed that COVID's lockdown measures reduced worldwide seismic noise on the planet by up to 50%. The whole world was 50% quieter because people were not going anywhere, and they weren't running a lot of equipment. How many percent? 50% that quieter. That's hard to believe. Isn't that amazing? And yeah. that's that's by using seismology. You okay. know, the, you've seen the needles going up and down. Yeah. They weren't jumping as much back then.
1: I'll be darned. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Okay, Bob, what came first, the wheel or skis?
0: Well, that's a good one. The wheel or skis? Did they find some fossils up in Alpine mountains like Scandinavia or Switzerland? And they found skis and they go, these skis are 7,000 years old. Maybe. (laughs) And the wheel is only 5,000 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay, what is it? Okay. Skis are first.
1: Yes. The earliest preserved ski relic fragments we have discovered to date come from a site in Yorkshire dating from approximately 10,000 years ago. And further ski fragments as old as 8,000 years in northern Russia have been found. Wow! To put it in context, the wheel was, you almost nailed it, was invented only about 5,500 years ago. Jeez. So they were skiing. There was a lot of snow back in the day. (laughs) And and so they had to figure out how to get around faster back then. So, So skis before the wheel. Who knew?
0: All right. uh, We talked last week about uh, a country that uh, put dynamite in all of its bridges. Remember that one?
1: Yeah, that was Switzerland.
0: That's right. So what country has enough bunkers to house its entire population in case of invasion or nuclear war?
1: Well, what country? Yes. Well, there can't be a very big country.
0: Well, it's a country of 9 million people. Oh, that's
1: 9 million bunkers, huh? Well, no, there's obviously you can Put a family.
0: That's right. You can do yeah. community bunkers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. I, so,
0: what country has enough bunkers to house its entire population and uh, more our, in case of a nuclear war or an invasion?
1: Is it a Slavic country? It's a
0: European country. Uh huh. I'll say that.
1: All right. Oh, I don't know.
0: It's Switzerland, Marcia. (laughs) (laughs) Same country we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. It built enough bunker space to house the country's entire population with a buffer of 10%. No other country's shelter capacity comes close. And this was uh, as a result of the government. They argued that the safety from nuclear attack was every citizen's right. So a Swiss federal law on civil protection declares every inhabitant must have a protected place that can be reached quickly from his place of residence. So it was government policy to do this. And then I think I told you when I was over there, uh, even in the Alps, you can see on some of the mountainsides, huge doors. They're like metal doors because there are bunkers and all kinds of... uh, Really? Up in the... Yeah, right on the highway. You see a road that looks like it dead ends right there at a mountain because that is where a tunnel is designed to be It's honeycombed with bunkers. Oh, be darned. Yeah. In fact, they even... uh, They carved out uh, insides of mountains to create hundreds of bunkers and supply storage spaces. uh, And the exterior slopes were rigged to trigger landslides if anybody tried to attack that.
1: Oh, that's clever. Do you think they have a red light district down in one of the bunkers No, I don't think so. Isn't that where they... Have a red light no, no, you're no. thinking
0: of uh, you're thinking of uh, Amsterdam.
1: Oh, that's it, because I knew you went to one of those countries and went there, didn't you? I did not
0: go to the red light <laughs> district. No, Marsha. Okay, don't All start right. some kind of stories about it, oh, me. Oh,
1: they're talking now, Bob. Oh okay. dear
0: God, not right. again! Reputation is in tatters. Uh,
1: okay, I'm going to wrap it up with a couple of quotes. First, Will Rogers: "The road to success is dotted with many tempting parking spaces." What? That's funny. Is it? I love it.
0: Why is it funny?
1: It's a road with lots of parking, meaning you can, the road to success, people park and never get moving again.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't get that out. I
1: thought that was brilliant. That's Will Rogers. Okay. I like it, Bob. Okay. So we'll keep it. And last, Sam Levinson. You must learn from the mistakes of others. You can't possibly live long enough to make them all yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's true.
1: As it is.
0: That's true. There's no way you can live long enough to make enough mistakes to make yourself wise. <laughs> you only be half wise. All right, that's it. All right. That's good for today. And uh, we invite you to give us any questions you might have that you'd like to be answered. And you can go to our website, theofframp.show, and scroll down to contact us. I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marsha Smith. <laughs>
1: I was going to try to sing it, but I changed my mind. Okay, go ahead.
0: I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marcia Smith. Join us next time when we return with more fun facts and tantalizing trivia here on The The Off Ramp. Ramp. The Off Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio Online and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.